Hello there. Welcome once again, all aboard for the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, Every Black Film Ever Made. My name is Len, aka the Bat Tribble, and I am joined by my co-host. Uh, this is Vincent Williams of It's All Soul. We are going to be digging deep into The Visit, not the M. Night Shyamalan movie. No, not that one. We are going to be dealing with The Visit from 19, excuse me, from 2000 by director Jordan Walker Perelman and starring uh, Hill Harper, Billy D. Williams, Marla Gibbs. Marla Gibbs. In uh, TV's The Dramatic Role. Fame. Yes, in a rare dramatic spin. Um, so we're going to uh, get all into that this evening. In, in 227. In 227, yes. Give her I promise. mean, no place, child. <laughs> Give her her promise. But first, we're going to um, touch on a little bit of feedback that we've gotten oh, 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 over the past week or so. Uh, in regards, thank you to each and every one of you who have become fans and joining us on our little trek around black cinema. We really appreciate all of the feedback and everyone that um, becomes a new follower of ours, including you will be very surprised to hear this, um, Vince. Um, the author, Rory Stills, a local author, but a cool person. She became a follower of ours on May 8th. You know who else became a follower of, of ours? Philadelphia Eagles News. Very nice. Yes. That, All right. That's very hometown very cool. love. Yeah. Most, much love. Much love. Um, we heard from Phaedra LaPasia. Okay. Who asked, Michelle Mission, will you add my favorite movie to your queue? Her favorite movie being Nothing But a Man Nothing. from 1964. Oh, that's a serious film. That's a deep that's film. That's a serious film. I had never heard of this. Film. I saw that film in a class. Like this was like on a film strip? It, it was like a history of black film. Oh, Lord. But you had to say it like that with like that deep voice. The history of black film. Nothing But a Man. <laughs> Uh, directed by Michael Rumier, this is a dark and hard-hitting drama about life for African American people in 1960s USA. Exactly. <laughs> See? <laughs> wow. See why we watched it in a class? <laughs> wow, man. Um, so she she wants to know whether or not we will add that film to our queue. Absolutely. Let me tell you, Phaedra, we will add that to our queue. Um, we're kind of like. Believe it or not, we actually got a schedule going. Um, so that will be hitting in sometime in July. So stay tuned. But in July, we will be reviewing Nothing But a Man for you. All right. That'd be dope. And we were contacted a few weeks ago from Maurice Poplar. This was actually back in March. He said that he's loving the Michelle mission. And I'm sure Purple Rain will come up soon enough. But I look forward to you doing Under the Cherry Moon. It's a film that's gotten a very bad rap. And if there's any way possible, I'd love to be on the show when you review this. Well, Maurice, uh, you may have heard by now that we are dedicating much of June, actually most of June, except for the first week. It's going to be dedicated to all of the films of Prince, starting with Purple Rain. And then that second week, we will be reviewing Under the Cherry Moon. So we will contact 
you, Maurice, look for the Absolutely. Michelle event to be reaching out to you. We'll probably, I know that you're not local, so we'll probably have to have you on the phone, but we will definitely connect with you and bring you on to help us review Under the Cherry Moon by Prince. Very nice. That'll be pretty dope. Very nice. That'll be real, real cool. You, you know, know I, um, with all of, of the commentary and, and all of everybody, you know, all of us mourning together, mm-hmm. I was saying what wrecked, wrecked, what, what the thing that destroyed me the most when I had to say, okay, that's it. I can't look at any more sort of tributes to Prince. The woman who plays his girlfriend, and I don't, I don't remember the actress's name, but there was, there, she had posted to Instagram just holding up a little uh, note card. Oh, okay. That said, Recasto. <laughs> and that just absolutely destroyed me. Like that was when I said I can't look at any more tributes to Prince. So yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Under I, the Cherry Moon. That was uh, Kristen Scott Thomas. Okay, played his girlfriend. Okay. Now it is time for us to. Uh, so please keep, keep it coming. You can yes. email us at the uh, mission. Excuse me. You can email us at Michelle Mission at gmail dot com. Michelle is spelled M I C H E A U X Mission at gmail.com or feel free to hit us up on Twitter or on Facebook like us on Facebook um, and let us know your thoughts all right it's time for us to review Billy D Williams Marla Gibbs Ray Don Chung Felicia Rashad Hill Harper and Oba Babatunde in the visit this is interesting Alex you say that you're in jail for crimes that you did not commit yet you admit to crimes that you were never arrested for. Isn't this justice? In every life, there are turning points. I'm going to Alaska, India, China, the whole world. Felicia! Felicia, where are you? And she looked up at me and called out to me, Alexander. You come. I knew you knew. Between brothers. I need you to get mom and dad to visit me soon. It's a tough one. I need to know one thing that they came and I can at least make some sense out of them. So. Between lovers. You know what the irony is? Is that you're the one who kills somebody. You've become a little mean, Alexander. No, I don't mean to be mean. I'm just being honest. Between a father and son. You're in this predicament, my boy, because you didn't ask me for any help. You have to show. Humility, Alex, and you're a grown man. I was your son before I was a grown man. If there's one thing you do in life, it is going to be showing me some respect. Alex, if you could get on one of those trains, where would you go? I'm already on a train. I'm gonna tell you that you have the most beautiful hands I've ever seen. I know you didn't do it. You couldn't. Alexander. is proud to present Oba Babatunde, Ray Don Chong, Marla Gibbs, Hill Harper, Felicia Rashad, and Billy D. Williams. What would be the first thing you would do if this board grants you parole? I would uh, make the most out of my life, ma'am. The Visit. Live a 
All right. So here we have 2000's The Visit, uh, a movie where Hill Harper plays a, a, a young man who has been convicted of rape. Yes. And the, the movie really kind of outlines his journey from from um, from trying to get paroled and 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 reconnecting with his family mm-hmm. and reconnecting with a childhood friend played by Ray Don Chung. There are a couple of um, vignettes where he speaks with his psychiatrist played by Felicia Rashad. Yes. And it really is. It, it's you know, it's it's funny. You, you said um 19 something and he said, oh, 2000. But but it really is a relic of the 90s. Like like this really is one of those films that kind of hit peak 90s. Mm. Um, what, what I thought about when I, I I have to say, I've not seen this since it was in the theater. I um, mean, excuse me. <clears throat> and I had memories of it. This was in the theaters. This was absolute. This was absolutely it. It, it won a you know was up for a couple of awards. I mean, it was on the circuit. Wow. And you you know, the funny thing is the first thing I thought about. Um, you ever see Team America? Yes. The, the, yes. Team America. So so there's a bit in Team, Team America is a satire uh, made by the the South Park folks. Yes. And you know satire realism and America and all this stuff. But there's a part near the beginning where they're they're sort of spoofing 90s theater yeah like those plays like rent and 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 angels in america's like everybody got aids 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 (laughs) and they're not making light of aids but what they are doing is critiquing this kind of very over serious, very over dramatic approach that a certain type of art took talking about these issues and i yes. think the visit very much sits in it like again this is peaks peak 90s the first scene you could just do the checklist you have a black man in prison he has aids he's been convicted of rape mm. uh his brother you know there's this high drama in the family mm-hmm. um they mention his childhood friend who has of course been molested mm-hmm. and it's just it just goes it's just the checklist of all of these huge issues right and it, it you know unfortunately with with sort of modern eyes it just comes off almost absurd like like you you know it, it really is it's it's a case of you look at old pictures of yourself and you say oh my god i can't believe i wore that <laughs> like I can't right, believe right. I would, and I think this movie is like that. Um, based on a play, yes, a play based on by uh, Cosman Russell. Yes, and and this is Jordan Walker Perlman's first film. Yes, and you can tell a it's based on a play, and I think a lot of the reason that you can tell is because it is his first film because it is shot in 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 almost this, this kind of disconcerting way where it you, you know you have these set shots uh usually with people visiting visiting the um the main character the prisoner played by Hill Harper yes. and you have these still shots and the scene plays out and then it fades to black and then you have another scene in so, the same spot in the same spot and again you know you see what they're going for but you know the there's no kineticism there's no movement and it's just 
again this this sort of overly dramatic right 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 speech with people talking to one another about huge issues right all the time right which you know again i i think there there was there was this moment there was this very kind of um you know kind of po-faced very serious moment in the 90s and and you you know you think about I mean, I always come back to like Alfred Woodard and like Angela Bassett in the 90s and it everyone was very, they articulated mm-hmm. the issues mm-hmm. in their heart mm-hmm. that they were addressing. Mm-hmm. So you have that. And, and, and again, it doesn't age well. So, so you have that. Um, a couple of things I did like though in, okay. in this film. First of all, I'm a Hill Harper fan. Yes, you have mentioned. Uh, that yeah, I'm, I'm a Hill Harper fan, and I'm certainly a Hill Harper fan from this moment. Like Hill Harper, you know, he made a lot of interesting little f- movies at this. You know, he was in Half Plenty for a minute. He was in um this great little movie called Loving Jezebel oh. that he was in. Uh, he was in a movie called I believe Premium. Premium uh, with Dorian Dorian um Harewood. No, Dorian Messick. Oh, okay. During Messick and uh, Zoe Saldana. Hmm. And so, you know, he was this, he, and, and then, of course, he was on Get On The Bus. Right. So, you know, I, I love Hill Harper, and I really enjoy Hill Harper from this moment where he was kind of putting together this kind of character actor resume. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoy Billy D. Williams in this. Like I really like Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams plays the 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 father, and he plays him in this way that it's it's this sort of um, you know, for lack of a more elegant term, it's this kind of prototypical old black dude, and you know, it's like he's got this charm, but he's also amazingly judgmental. Mm-hmm. He has this kind of really cutting wit. Where, you know, for years I talked about there's a scene where they come and they visit um Hill Harper's character and and you know, this is this is this is the nineties and this you know, the sort of prison culture has begun to really blossom. So you have a photographer in there who can take pictures and 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 you know, then and, and there's their their vending machines and he has this this really cutting little monologue where he talks about you you can come in here and take pictures and you go get right. popcorn and so you don't need <laughs> I don't know why people go to Disneyland. Exactly. They can yeah, just yeah. you can come here when your son gets convicted of rape. <laughs> and it's you know and it's funny but it's awful at the same time. Right. But again I think he captures that kind of older black manness that I enjoy. Like I like old black dudes. And I know old black dudes like this, so okay, you know, so I, I enjoyed that. That's interesting, um, you know, I, I think yeah, that's sort of my initial hoo ha. You, you know, again, it really is the case. So I feel bad because I've been saying it. If if you've been listening to the the podcast, you know, it's come up every now and then. Like since we've started, I said, "Oh, well, then we should watch the visit. We should watch the visit because it's been sitting on my shelf." And um, like I said, I haven't seen it. Since mm. 2000, and um, yeah, you well, know, well, we've watched it again. Yes, and um, and, and and we shall not watch it again. This is a really 
weird movie. Now, mm-hmm. I will start off by saying, though, to my surprise, I enjoy Billy Dee Williams in this film as well. Mm-hmm. I think Billy Dee Williams is, um, for the most part, you know, mannered in how he's going about playing the role. He has an agenda for his character. Uh, and I want to get, I know he's just pop in this Henry. That's, that's his name. Um, he has an agenda, you know, a, a, a particular viewpoint, you know, he doesn't like the idea of that is that his son, Alex is in jail. He doesn't like what he, what Alex has done with his life. And he is complete has on blinders to whatever role he may have played in Alex walking the path that he has. Uh, and he portrays that very well. Like a movie that's based on a play by a first time director and screen and screenwriter. Cause Jordan wrote, right, right, right. We well. should have mentioned that. Yeah, absolutely. It is a little bit overwritten. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't realize that you know you're there's take advantage of the medium and show what you have to tell in a in a on a stage you can actually show in a movie uh and the screenplay doesn't take advantage of that but you can see Billy D Williams uh a veteran actor trying to find his way to do that in mm-hmm. this in this film and i think for the most part he, he it comes across pretty well. I am never been um, felt one way or the other about Billy D. Williams, but this was a this was an opportunity for him to show that he has you know think what you will about Mister Colt Forty Five. I've got some chops, and he he shows some chops uh, in this film. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's in this film, mm. and there is nothing. Thing else good about this film nothing I know you like Hill Harper Hill Harper and and he's not that young in his career at this time in 2000 um, he's been doing a lot of television and and who knows how much stage at that t- uh, you know work at that time so he's not that young in his career mm-hmm. but he is all over the place and there's a part of me that wants to say okay well maybe that's the character I was about to say I think he was he was trying to go for something he was trying to go for something and he missed <laughs> um he missed he 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 missed the door he missed the wall he missed the window he missed everything and he it it really just comes across his performance just comes across as very disjointed without any type of direction at one point he's coming across as this very erudite guy at another point he's coming off like kind of like this thug dude and the but at no place can you can you see that it's just two sides of the same hole. They just totally come off as totally different people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all based on whoever he's talking to or whatever he feels like the scene needs. Um, I can actually feel him sometimes feeling that the energy is not in the scene and trying to put so much, put a little bit more of it in, you know, of his energy into it. So maybe he is trying to overcompensate for what he, his senses may be telling them it's not uh, a whole lot of material to work with but 
he just he just misses it. And and I I like Hill Harper as well. Mm-hmm. So to see him like that, I know that you know it's disappointing uh, because this easily could have been a um, you know a, a a shining moment for him. You know, mm. it's not often that he is the lead in a film. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, as much work as he has done, he's, he's usually is like, you know, in a part of an ensemble. Right. You right. Know? So. Um, so that was a little bit disappointing. Um, then there's Marla Gibbs. God bless her. Trying to, you know, stretch. Um it's a little. It was a little late for the stretching, though. Well, and and she didn't ha- really have much to do. She didn't have much to do, yeah. but she didn't need to be doing it. <laughs> I'm sorry. She really. She really didn't. I just. I kept waiting for George and Wheezy to come into the into the room. I really did. I I, I just did not feel her at all. Plus, you know, and maybe this is. Um, there was no chemistry between her and Billy D. Williams. They were supposed to be a married couple. Right. There was right. absolutely zero chemistry between them. Um, uh, Felicia Rashad, I, I think, you know, again, the the writer and director, Jordan, um, Jordan, what was his name? Jordan Pearl. I want to Jordan Walker Perlman. Jordan Walker Perlman. Jordan Walker Perlman. Yes. I I I think that um, you know he's obviously or apparently Felicia Rashad's nephew, because <laughs> that's the only reason I can imagine that she is in this film because it is written all over her face. She don't know why she's here. Um, she's just like, well, I'll just read the lines, and I'll read the lines with as much conviction as. I can give them, and she does. You know, Felicia Rashad is a very talented actress. You know, no one can say that she's not. And she, she gives like just a of her talent in this, and she outshines everyone, everyone in here in in her little moments. But you can tell she's also like, you know, uh, uh, is it is it lunchtime? You know, I'm going to craft services. I'll be back. You know what I mean? It's just, I mean, there's. One of the things you know, a lot of people you may not know, but there's a reason why you will not often find a prison next to a train station or where the trains are running like literally on the other side of the gates through because that is just a recipe asking for, you know, guys to, you know, escape, jump on the jump on the train. Yeah, but it was it. it it was symbolism, no. no it was symbolism. It's capital S. S. Well, it was symbol. It was some loud symbolism. <laughs> I thought the train was in the commissary. Yeah, because that yeah. joint was loud, dude. I think those walls were made out of paper mache or symbolism. something. Symbolism. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then the whole fading the black, and then you're coming back to the exact same scene where they're basically re- saying the exact same lines, just written in a different um a, maybe with different wording you know i this i mean this was just a and the, and there was attempts 
God bless them. There was attempts to try and be a, you know, do something in the uh, in the direction because in the beginning it starts it starts off with Oba Bambatunde and who you think is going to be like the star of the movie because there you you see him in bed with his wife. No, you see him at a party. You see him at a party and they do this whole tracking shot where he's like he's greeting everybody at the party. Hey, how you doing? And dancing with the little girl and everybody's all of a sudden, you know, they're all of the, the extras are obviously just the best friends of Jordan because they don't know what to do. So they just stop looking at Baba, uh, uh, you know, over Baba Tunde act, you know, while they're supposed to be milling about in this party. And he does this whole thing. And then it cuts to him and his wife laying there in bed. And then it cuts to some hands sticking out of bars. And then it cuts to Boba Baba Tunde driving along and then it fades to black and it comes back on Oba Babatunde driving along some more. It's very artistic. And then it fades to black and it comes up to <laughs> Oba Babatunde driving some more but now now he turns the corner because he's turning he, he's going into the gates of the prison for so that it can fade to black and we can see him get out of the car <laughs> And then fade to black. It's showing the journey. See, it's a journey. <laughs> it's a it's a mess. It's all very symbolic. It's a symbolic of a mess. That's what it is. It's symbolic of a mess in in direction, in editing, and storytelling. This movie is a mess. It there's nothing but a mess. And then Ray Don Chong. I, I just she. I don't know what movie she's in. She is obviously somebody told her. You know, uh, like you said, this is her Oscar. This is it. We actually didn't say it on the mic. We didn't say it on the right, mic. Right. I'm so, sorry. so Ray Don Chung plays his childhood friend, who you know, as we mentioned in the opening, like I said, they went down the checklist. Yes. Of of <laughs> of the issues that people dealt with in the '90s, and one of them was, of course, you know, child abuse and and sexual molestation. And and we we find out you know very off the cuff Felicia that's who she Felicia plays. a lot of off the cuff details oh yeah oh, of course a lot of off the cuff details that you know by the way she murdered her father and got off for um got off for um manslaughter and you know I guess the sentence was commuted but you know just off the cuff so she 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 is is playing a very serious role and it's funny I've been texting Lynn all week as we've talked about this my my catchphrase all week has been um flashback crackhead Ray Don Chung. Yes. <laughs> because there's a flashback where she talks about how she was in the pits of despair and she had become addicted to crack. Right. So then they show her and it is it is the most stereotypical depiction of a nineties cracker. Like it really is like it's like if somebody made a black dynamite for the nineties, like like that's sort of what you think stuff looked like yeah, in the nineties, yeah. but you weren't there. Yeah. So like someone told Radon Chung about crack, and like she read a story in in, in the Sunday Times, mm-hmm. and then she put on like a dirty sweater and and ruffled her hair up, and then she she walked in an abandoned lot. And what I was saying to Lynn, you can see the thought bubble over her head. This is my shot right here. Mm-hmm. I'm about to get an Oscar off that's this. Right. That's right. Take that hill, Barry. I'm gonna get an Oscar. Mm-hmm. But um, today the visit, tomorrow, <laughs> <laughs> t- 
tomorrow Schindler's List. You're right. I hear August Wilson is opening a new play. But you know, you, you know, I, I I like to think about these things again within the context in which they were made. And, okay, and, let's talk about this in the context. And of what and, it was and made. I do I do think again this is such a relic of those sort of um that kind of post Spike Lee moment where people were making serious black mood like this was a serious movie and it's like um so so like one week uh let me think of a good example like like to to to, to sleep with not to sleep with anger uh to sleep with what's the one with with Danny Glover to sleep with anger I think okay like one week to sleep with anger came out and then this came out and then like Eve's Bayou came out and and then you know I don't know um you know I'm trying to think of another serious see see whoa 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 I am not gonna let you put this no, movie no, no, in no. the same sentence no. as Eve's Bayou obviously obviously this is nowhere near as good as I mean obviously but I'm saying that there was this very conscious decision mm-hmm. that we're going to make these serious movies and you know some succeeded more than other like some kind of some kind of missed the point but of this, what made these movies what makes serious. this movie even more egregious to speak to your point is that it's it's trying to be this serious film mm-hmm. about you know a guy who's obviously dealing with addiction mm-hmm. which then leads him to dealing with uh medical issues the the whole the whole uh aids dun 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 you have to do it like that cuz like every time they say aids it's like that dramatic pause afterwards oh no it's the train right it's just when you hit you hit a train right. um so uh and then he's he's dealing with you know the prison system right you know what i mean so it's 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 Everything is loaded with everything, and yet it doesn't do a good job. It doesn't even do a half-ass job of showing any of them. No. Showing, you know, detailing what is your commentary on any of this. We don't know. We just know it looks good in this script. It's a, it's a, it's something you can it's, uh, throw out there, catch, that you can throw out there. Oh, he's got AIDS. Oh, he's in a prison. Oh, she got molested. Why? What? What do we have to say about that? That also, she got molested? Also, I think um, Henry Billy D. I think he 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 hit. Oh yes, he hit yeah. his wife. Right. They said they mentioned it one time, and then that's the end of it. But you have that there. It's also domestic abuse. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's all of the abuses. It's, it, yes, it's abuse. The movie. It's a cornucopia of abuses. <laughs> it's a cornucopia. It's an abuse trail mix. It's an abuse collage, an abuse collage, a mosaic, if a you mosaic will, of abuse, of abuse. <laughs> All of your abuses, right here in the visit. It's an abuse smoothie. It's an abuse smoothie. <laughs> an abuse Sunday, even. It's like abuse Cold Stone Creamery. <laughs> All in one film. Ray Dun Chung scratching it. Where the sprinkles? I, I'm on the. I actually wrote in my notes at one point because because it, it's a flashback. Crack it's, it's a flashback, and now she's better. And 
And, yeah, and she's going to marry right. the prison dude and, with AIDS. And bless his heart, Hill Harper actually says to her, I'm glad you got off that crack. <laughs> it's like, wow, he actually said the sentence, I'm glad you got off that crack. Dude, there there are... There are there's a scene there's a couple of scenes that there's so many scenes that don't make any sense but there's a, the parents Marla Gibbs and Billy D Williams go to see him in prison right and they they have like a weird time um, and it it and they've got the photographer there I don't know whether or not this whole photographer in in the room to take a picture with you and your in your in your uh, inmate uh, family member is an actual real thing you know I've had family that have been in prison I don't remember anybody being there to take our pictures but it, it may be it it actually I don't remember the the photographer I do remember the vending machines though Oh no! Because well, remember, I, I say this because the photographers. Oh no! When I visited my when my oh. people was in prison, okay. I, I, like I'm the, when I was like you know, yeah, I was like a kid, but okay. I remember the vending machines. Used but to get the Tasty Cake Juniors, and, and <laughs> I used to say my mother would say that he would stand at a camp, mm-hmm. and then later I realized it was prison. But I used to get the Tasty Cake Juniors. There you go. That's where you went. Um, I don't know. It, well, I don't know how true that is to the the prison uh, experience then or now mm-hmm. but for some reason it it rang if not true plausible you okay know, so you want to take a sure. picture of you and your your inmate and it was kind of cool when they snapped to that picture and you saw billy looking some type of way while mom is looking you know you know she's got her son back or whatever so it was kind of so, so that was a halfway kind of cool moment so then it cuts to billy d williams and marla gibbs they're at a at a dinner table Yes, eating, and they have a bottle of wine out, and they're uh, uh, um, and they're at a place that has like all this wallpaper around, but in the corner behind them is a coat rack. Now I don't know about you, <laughs> but when I see the coat rack in there, that reads to me that they are at a restaurant. Okay, especially right. once, it, especially since they're still in their clothes. Sure, it's not like they sure, took off sure. Their jacket or anything like sure, that. Sure, I don't have a coat rack in my kitchen. Right. So, so, okay, so or, yeah. or even in your, or even in your d- dining or room, or even in my dining room. Exactly. But that's me. Okay. All right. Go ahead. So, so that struck me that they were at a restaurant near where the prison was. Right. Which makes sense. That's what you do. You've traveled out that long way. Right, you right. see them. You know. So now on your way home, stop, you stop at and, the Sizzler and, and have a little grub. Yeah. Sure. Right. Okay. With, with with bottle service, a big right, bottle right, of wine, right, whatever. Right. Cause it, it's implied that he's got a little bit of duck. It's a fancy Sizzler. There you go. You know, it's 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 leg. Um so so that's cool. That's how I read that scene. Because later in that scene, Marla Gibbs goes running off and then you see an extreme close up up, up of her someplace crying. Right. So it makes me think that she went off like in either into the restroom or wherever in this uh uh restaurant. Right. Cut to much later, Ray Don Chong comes to see Hill Harper. Um, and if I don't know if you notice this, when she uh, when she is doing her scene with him, like they're talking, be they because she's not family, she has to talk behind like that clear plexiglass, right, as right, right, to being in a room with him. Um, but when she is doing with, with the, the phone, John, that, with that phone you see joint. in all the movies, right? But they don't need the phone, John, because they just talk right through the glass, right? So why the phone? So I don't know if you notice this, but in her scene. She's reading her lines. 
she is looking down and reading her lines. Yeah. Right there. Oh, see, see, somebody else noticed that. So, you know, so like um but after her scene, which in, in which along with the visit and and its numerous fades to black, which you would think would be a fade to black to the to the flashback, but no, it's just a fade to black to come back to them still sitting there and sitting in the touch of to yeah. touch the screen. But after that, it cuts to Ray Don Chong, apparently at the same restaurant. Yeah. However, the entire family is now at this restaurant. They are all sitting around this table eating. So which makes me believe that, oh, it's not a restaurant. Right. It must be somebody's house. Now, was I, that a dream sequence? No, it was not a dream sequence. It was not a dream sequence. I wondered that as well. But it is not. One, because I could tell it was the same, the same house, same wallpaper, same building, same wallpaper, same coat rack. Behind them, but now the whole family is there, including her son, who who has the cerebral palsy. Of course, but of course he has cerebral palsy with a with a touch of autism. Is everyone is everyone still checking things off? And I believe he only has four fingers. Right, right. I could be wrong, and but and that's why she murdered her Her father father. because he was going to abuse the boy. Yes, so Kate making fun of his his stub. Right, so. When I see that in that room, I'm like, okay, well, that room, is it now, is that the family house? Mm-hmm. Or is it the restaurant that I thought it wasn't before? And if it is the family house, she went to go see him. Now, all of a sudden, they're getting together for some Sunday dinner. It sounded like they were every, but the whole family was dysfunctional up until that point. They were all totally dysfunctional. None of them were talking to, talking with. Well, were they the dysfunctional or did they just not? rock with him so tough because he was in prison now like i thought they talked to each other well it seemed they just didn't deal with him well it certainly seemed like Obapan batunde who we haven't mentioned actually plays his older brother right and uh, right uh it, it, he, i seem to remember him implying that there was a little bit of friction between him and the father as well right i thought it was just father son stuff and maybe so and, mm-hmm. and maybe so all i know is it, i found that very confusing right and i just didn't know now it happens so much later in the movie that i didn't care right right and and it's and we talked about this um a couple of weeks ago with the tyler perry stuff i mean if it if you're not enjoying the film you start noticing things all of that stuff yeah it's so funny you should say that i just saw there's a um i don't know if it's a podcast or or an instagram where a dude is is keeping track of coffee in television shows and movies oh, wow. because apparently they there's not there's never coffee in the coffee cups hmm. and if you pay attention people are are swinging the cups around as if there's no coffee in them so he said that kind of throws him out of takes him out of it takes him out of it so I think you're right I think I think I read that as I don't know if I noticed the coat rack or not like I just assumed it was their house Okay. But but you know, even with that, I it it is kind of disjointed. I mean, the whole thing is it's disjointed. It's disjointed. You know, Radon Chung. You know, I liked her in the color purple. She she was good in color. Purple. I liked her in the color purple. I mean, I'm now finished. <laughs> but I feel, you know, I feel like, like I. <laughs> I feel like they. She really did. Like she really did think 
that, that like oh you know i think people should always shoot for the stars and you know and try and 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 push yourself further than maybe you can go right and and i think ray don chung is one of those actresses like you think about like why is she even an act like when you think like you ever think about why is she even an actress like, why, why is ray don chung like what I remember she was in like Planet of the Cave Bear. Like I remember her first deal in the eighties, she was naked. And that was a deal. Like she was naked in that caveman movie. And she's Tommy Chung's daughter. Mm-hmm. And then she was like in Soul Man. But it was always like, why are you actually an actress? Like, like what is Well, she likes acting. She's I, not a like you said, she's not a bad actress when she yeah, under the but right it is direction. Like, you know, what is your deal, Ray Don Chung? And, um, you know, I really do, like, I was joking, but I really do think she took this role and, like, she kind of looked at the script and it's based on a play and 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 there, there are these serious actors in it and it's dealing with all these serious issues and, and I'm going to be serious in this as well. And it is sort of, um, every scene she's in is, is, is even more disjointed than the rest of it. Um and 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 you know if Felicia Rashad is uh Jordan Walker Perlman's uh aunt, which is what we, we think must have happened, then his acting teacher must be Talia Shire. How did he get Talia Shire and Glenn Herman to be in this movie. I mean, not I to see Glenn. Not to go there. I think he might be a Hollywood kid. Really? Like, like I think. In and you have to forgive me. I don't have it on top of. But I think he's. There's I, not much. There's I, not I, much on on him. Yeah, I think. I think he's related to some folks. Mm. So you know, I think he might. I think mm. that he may have been tapped in a bit. But um, Len, I'm telling you, I I, I guess. I, f- I feel like it was a lot of movies like this, like these little movies. No, there's not a lot of movies like this, bro. No, no, no. I mean movies with these cast, with, with these people in these kind of little movies. And it's like, hey, what a weird little movie. And this was a weird little movie. It was a weird little movie. Um, Oh, you're right. He's the nephew of Gene Wilder. I knew he was. I knew he was in that world. Mm-hmm. Like I knew that. Like he was one degree of separation from some folks that he could call six degrees of separation. Another perfect example of one of these movies. That I mean, obviously, six degrees of separation is a million times better than this. But same thing, based on a play, real serious stuff. You have an actor, you know, kind of known for one thing, having his little breakthrough role. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it was a whole run of these movies, and they were very serious. And I remember because I was very serious in the late <laughs> 90s. Like, you know, like like I was going to grad school. I hadn't been to grad school. I was going to grad school, and I was dating this woman, and I'm going to marry her. Like, I was serious. Like, I was serious. So I did serious things. <laughs> So we're going to go to this serious movie and sitting. And I told you I was in uh, Baltimore at the time and our like, like we had Ritz's here in Baltimore. They were the, um, the, the Charles. Okay. Yeah. So, so the Charles here, that was the serious theater with the small, the, the small art house films. And I took my, you know, I was dating this woman. I was going to marry and we serious, take her to a serious, we were on a serious date. 
then we're gonna leave here and, and do you know go have mm. some Thai food because <laughs> we serious people and black and serious. <laughs> so you know you go see serious movies and you know again not to, I don't obviously it's not the same type of quality but you know if I went and saw this one weekend you know a couple of weekends later you know Sankofa came out <laughs> you know, Daughters of the Dust very serious movie. we were serious and you sit in your theater and you know you kind of like you don't get popcorn because it make too much noise and you just kind of nod your head knowingly and then afterwards you go talk about it and get coffee get some coffee you don't get you don't get popcorn because a white man made it <laughs> right and it's loud so you know serious and you know it's a weird it's a weird little curio it's it's a weird little curio uh it doesn't age well it didn't age well the week after it came out i see what they were doing now like i see what they were doing and they just sort of missed it but I see, like, I no, see what they Spike were doing. Lee's Chirac, I saw what he was doing, and he just missed it. This, I don't know what he's doing. I feel like this is the other end of the spectrum now. Oh, like, I feel like this is, like, a, way I think Spike end. Lee is completely removed. Everything we said about Chirac, and he's completely removed so that it is kind of this, this mess. And then you have this director who isn't like like he doesn't necessarily have a vision for mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. he just knows again he wants to make something serious mm. so so you got this play that again the, the hodgepodge of abuse and issues and that's serious uh you know again like you're saying he's gene wilder's nephew i, I feel like his parents were directors or hollywood people they don't even mention but parents. um but you you know he he's able to 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 parlay that into getting serious you know people involved um and here you go here's my question the whole time is billy d williams old enough to be oba babatunde's father no <laughs> no he's not no he's not like they kept doing the flashbacks where like cuz oba babatunde is like uh 50 years older than hill harper well, I don't know about that. Like they did the flashbacks, and like he was this old. He was like nineteen years old, and and Little Hill Harper was like five. But it was like, yeah, I feel like Opa Baba Tunde is too old for this role. <laughs> I also feel like, I mean, now that we're talking, I feel like I can only have one black man with a perm in the movie. <laughs> But that's what the, like that's their connection. black men with perms. It was like that threw me off. Like when Billy D. Williams and Oba Baba Tunde would be together, it was like there's too many black men with perms right now that aren't like you know in Cab Calloway's band in 1937. Like this is it's too many perms. But that's how you know that Hill Harper's character is the bad sheep in the Cause, family because he doesn't have a perm. <laughs> he ain't got a perm. See now your stuff is coming out. <laughs> See, I missed that symbolism. Symbolism. <laughs> now we here. Now we. Now we. Now your stuff coming out. <laughs> All right. The good brothers went and got perms. Mm. The bad one didn't. <laughs> and then he had like the little scruffy. You see, he had a scruffy on yeah, his I cheeks because he was that. a prisoner. Yeah. In in prison. And then he put his fro in a stocking cap. 
<laughs> as <God>. one does <laughs> when they're in prison. <laughs> it's so Oh God, this movie is so bad. Um, Opa Babatunde was born in 1951. Billy D. Williams was born in 1937. They're only 14 years apart, so he could technically he could have he been could he you know he makes some decisions he could have been but but probably but did not. neither of them come from Marla Gibbs though. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Billy D. Williams to tell you, I know that's right. You know what? Age differentials. Marla Gibbs, Jeffersons. You know, um. Weezy. Weezy was ten years older. Isabel Sanford. Then, then, then Isabel Sam was ten years older than Sherman Helmsley. Ten years older. Ten years. Wow. I know Esther Roll was uh, like almost ten or twelve years older than uh, John Amos in Good Times. I did not know that. Oh, you didn't know that? I did not know that. Yeah, John Amos. Like he was like, y'all want me to be the wife, the husband of who? And y'all going to put what in my hair? Because you know they had to add the yeah, to yeah, 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 yeah. She yeah. was like a good 12 years older than him. Yeah, there you go. And it, it, going back now, this is going, you know, in, in, into the uh, the other persuasion. Uh, from the original Manchurian candidate, Angela Lansbury played the mother of the, uh, the um, oh, I'm drawing a blank on the, the actor's name, that the, the, the guy that is actually the Manchurian candidate in that movie um she plays his mother and she is actually i think just like younger yeah than him yeah. at that point uh wait a minute hold on hold on whoa hold on hold on i gotta get the right one i mean we're completely on a tangent now but like i i read an article this weekend about lawrence harvey about civil war and how um robert downey jr and marissa tomei we're in a movie as love interest in the nineties and now Robert Downey Jr. gets to be cool ass Tony Stark and Marissa Tomei is Aunt May. Aunt May, which, you know, sexism in Hollywood. What's that got to do with sexism? Well, because Aunt May is generally older. I yeah, mean, I know she doesn't look older, obviously, but but it is you kind of see well, how they're playing they, the hot aunt. Yeah, but it, you're still the hot aunt. Like why I gotta be the hot aunt? Why I can't just be hot? I don't understand. How's that? Se- I don't she's understand. sort of a mate. She's in a matronly role. She's Aunt May. Yeah, she's playing his aunt. Yeah, but why? Why she got to be the aunt? Why Tony Stark can't just? You see what I'm saying? Like, no, I don't. I don't see what you're saying. She's playing a role for an older woman. That's usually typically has typically been an older woman. has yes. been an older woman. Yes, and yes. he's playing Tony Stark. Yes, who's just cool ass Tony Stark. Yes, that's all. I still don't see the sexism part. I mean, I understand them going. I understand them going a different route because one, this is going to be like a third movie iteration to Spider-Man. So they're going to try to make it change up things as much as possible. You've already had like the very, very elderly person that played in the Tobey Maguire movies. Right. Right. So then you had Sally Fields, you know, slightly a little bit younger or at least certainly youthful. So they're just going to keep getting younger. Well, because they keep their de-aging Spider-Man. Spider-Man is younger now. This Spider-Man is like, is, is a kid. So the, Thus, the aunt is, you know, the the uh, sibling of one of his parents is not that old, probably in her 40s. It makes sense. That's not sexism. Right. It actually did not make sense for her for, for for her to be that old, to be that old in the first place. So you think you're saying that they've actually made it make sense. It actually makes sense. Yes. All right. Oba Babatunde is not old enough, not uh, young enough to be Billy D. Williams. 
son, but he is his relationship with uh, Hill Harper. Did did that ring true at all? No, nothing ring. So no, you don't like any of the relationships. And, and wait a minute, what was the deal? I understand this was a dream sequence because they the. After he has a visit with people, he would go and have right, like right, this and have dream the, sequence. Right, right. That, and they were actually daydream sequences because they always happen with his eyes wide open. Yes. But he had this dream sequence with his mother. And now Marla Gibbs, who who I don't know you know, what JCPenney suit they had her on for most of the movie. In the dream sequence, she has on a nice little, like, you know, African garb and right, the head wrap right, and right, everything right, like right, that. Right. But then he has the most uncomfortable dance I have ever seen somebody have with their mother in my entire life. It's 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 a, it's a weird dance. Because it, it's, dude, they look like, they, they he looks like he is, you know, on a date with a cougar. Yeah. Cause it is very and then he dips her. I'm like, yo, this is this is not cool. Yeah, it's you, Freud you, would have a, you, a well, you know, the funny thing is at first I was like, well, wow, maybe he's maybe he's deliberate like maybe he's going for something here. Like maybe I he's so actually too. going for the Freudian read. But then I realized he wasn't like the direction was just all weird mm-hmm. so that you had that because because you, you know you're talking about the dream sequence with marla gibbs what i thought you were going to talk about was that weird spastic dance he did with his brother that i didn't understand i did, i thought i thought they had like like you said spastic i thought they were like having spasms or something right because I, I didn't know where the where they were they dancing the hip-hop or where they because at one point they're kind of like wrestling with each other, like right. playful, yeah, you know, um, which I kind of bought, you know, I kind of bought could buy that idea. Still look a little weird, yeah, but um, I didn't know what the hell. And then, then it cut the best of those dream sequences is with his father, Billy D. Williams, because Billy D. Williams is reading a story to him, yeah, and that actually is the best one until. Hill Harper, who's laying his head on his on his father's shoulder, listening to him, listening to him read. As he's reading along, you see him start to raise his hand up and start to like really like give his father a very uncomfortable looking hug. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is going on? So then the she, the Ray Dong Chang character comes in so i was like all right well what's this dream sequence going to be it's obviously going to be them getting it on and of course it is getting them on in the most unsexual scene yeah i have ever seen they yeah. don't even kiss it's it's weird it's disturbing it, it's weird and and Felicia Rashad's her dream sequence. She just says, "We're just going to play chess." We're just going to play chess. But it's nice, like the, the Felicia nice. Rashad one. I mean, obviously Felicia Rashad is good at playing a, a chess ma- a, and a matronly figure. Like you know, she could have been sitting there playing chess with Theo. True. So you know, but again, how it didn't need to be a dream sequence. It didn't need to be there. Well, you know, that was him in in the interiority of his mind it was all symbolism Lynn. <laughs> where was he he was in, in, the... in interiority of his mind <laughs> see your problem oh my problem your problem is that you weren't serious enough mm. in 2000 
with serious things. It was serious. So that was showing his mind's eye. <laughs> his third eye. His third this eye. This movie was made with his third That's eye. That's right. To show you exactly what's, what's actual reality. This was 6%. This wasn't, I'm not a 5%. I'm a 6%. That's right. Y'all, y'all, y'all can't see me. So. Don't go see this movie, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, here he goes. I, I'm telling you right now. Would you would, would you recommend this movie to this anyone? Is, this is what I would say about the visit. This is what I would say. Go ahead. I think it is a weird enough movie that if it came on, there are moments in this movie where I would stop and look and say, what, what is happening? Like, just on that, like, just on the level of weirdness. I would watch, and and I do think that 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 sort of off kilter performance that Hill Harper makes is kind of weird, and you know, without without filter, without irony, I like Billy D. Williams in this. I like Billy. D. Like Williams I like Bill, and I think it's funny you said you did. You ever see Brian's song? Yes. Yeah. So you know Billy D. Williams got something in him. I thought he was good in that. I mean, I I like Brian's. Brian's song was a melodrama. So, oh, Brian's song so good. See, Billy D. Williams always struck me as a very good soap opera actor. Oh, that's interesting. That's so, and in and, and in Brian's song, oh, that's interesting. As a so, okay, I'll buy that. I like that. Like, like really, until I saw this, because I really actually did like him in this. Outside of you know Star Wars, right, right, right. right. Um, Where he plays and and he plays, Lady Sings, he plays Lando Calrissian in yes, Star Wars. Yes, he does. Um, and and Lady Sings the Blues, mm-hmm. which I thought he wasn't bad in Lady Sings the Blues. Either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Outside of that, the best thing I ever saw him do was two minutes in the original um, movie, the original uh, film of the Out of Towners. Oh. I've, I've, I don't even know what you're talking about. You never saw that movie? I've, ne- I've never saw it. Jack Lemmon. Great movie. Okay. All right. I mean, you it. know, I think Billy Williams, I think he, I, I, I like that soap opera read. I think there's this kind of theatricalness yeah. to him. Yeah. that is kind. Of, and I think, you know, there was that moment in the 70s where Billy D. Williams played Billy D. Williams. He was, he, like, he was Billy just, D. like I'm just, going. right, I'm Billy D. Williams. And I ain't mad at him for that. Hey, man. We all love Billy D. Williams. I liked him in this. I like him in those seventies. Actually, I, I like him in Mahogany. Like, like I think he plays Billy D. Williams. Mahogany. That's what I'm thinking of. But I like that's him. The movie I'm thinking. I of. like I him in Mahogany. Yeah, I like. I like him a lot. I meant Mahogany. Mahogany. Yes. And um, but you know, I always get them confused. Billy D. Williams. I, I like to see older actors in new roles. Like I like this. This sort of uh, you, you know. I wanted I wanted to I remember liking Marla Gibbs more than I did when I watched it this time. Mm. And I think I was just so happy to see She's Marla working. Gibbs doing some stuff. It's like <laughs> you you ever see um and of course we're gonna do like down in the Delta. Yeah. So so it's like um how did I just forget Florida Evans' name? Oh, that's uh uh, uh Florida Evans is uh wow. It's not Isabel Sanford because that's Wheezy. Because that's Wheezy. It's, oh God, to the Google. To the Google. <laughs> this uh, is shameful. We should know this off the top of our head. Well, you, I, you I'll, know, tell, you Amos, I I'll you know, tell you why Jimmy I don't. I'll tell you why I don't. Jimmy Walker, you know, Bernadette Stannis, 
Isabel. You know Janet Dubois. Janet Dubois. That's her. Um, no, I, I looked up Isabel Stanford. Um, <laughs> you know Ralph. Uh, Florida. Ralph Carter. I know the name of every cast member. Esther Roll. Esther Roll. I knew the name off the top of my head. Every cast member of Good Times except Esther Roll. So you know, yeah, Esther Roll had her little serious role. <laughs> See what I did there? In um down in the Delta. Mm-hmm. So you know, Marley Gibbs gonna have her little series. You know, you know. But yeah, it doesn't age well, and it's a curio. I, I, I think I don't. It's not a curio. It's a curio. It's, it's not it's, a curio. It's very a much. Curio. Okay, I'm going to explain to you and and to people who do do not know exactly what a curio is. It is a rare, unusual, or intriguing object. Unusual now, like, and intriguing. well, like you just said. Uh, this was a movie that is of its time. They were yes. making films like that, yeah, at, at this time, right? And the spirit of it, yeah. yes. Which means that this is not rare, unusual. This is unusual in that it is bad. So I'll, I'll give you unusual. I'll give you that. Is it bad or is it weird? No, it's bad. Okay, it's ba- it's weird, but it's bad. But what it's not is intriguing. There is nothing about this movie that is intriguing, man. There's nothing that is holding holding your interest throughout this movie. I was fighting to stay awake in this movie. This there's nothing intriguing about this movie. And and if my 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 significant other Tawana was here, she will tell you that she was having trouble as well as staying awake. And she loves these type of movies. So all the rape. The AIDS, the no, but there was no the, rape. There's the, no action the, the in crack. this movie because it's a play. It's all talk. The domestic abuse, the high drama in the family it was so much that they talked about. So much that they talked about, but so little of it made it to the screen. <sighs> well, there it's, you go. It's not a curio. <laughs> it's a brick. If you see it, wait for Billy D. Williams to come on the screen. If you see it. Turn it off. Go watch The Last Dragon. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm going to give y'all a heads up, ladies and gentlemen. We're giving you a heads up uh, this time. Next week on the Michelle Mission, we will be watching Brown Sugar. Brown Sugar. Brown Sugar. With very special guest, Charmel Scipio. Um, the host of the Reluctantly Adult podcast, which very is a nice. very cool podcast about people about learning how about an adult, an adult learning how to be an adult, learning how to adult, pretty much. All right, getting her adult on vis a vis these one on one conversations that she have with with people that are making their way through adulthood. Uh, nice. Even as uh, uh, learning how to travel as an adult, learning how to lose weight as an adult, learning how to shop, uh, food shop as an adult. It's a very cool uh, oh, podcast. Oh, that does sound cool. A reluctantly adult podcast. Charmel Scipio, she will be here to help us review Brown Sugar on the next stop on the Michelle Mission. All right. All right. And keep those emails and tweets and likes coming we really appreciate all of them and we will share them with you for Vincenzo 
This is Lenzenzo. In parting, we say so. We'll see you when it's time to meet again. I like walla la 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 la. You're not doing well a lot, but dub 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 It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.